For MeanPoultry.com, I'm Erica Schaefer, Digital Media Senior Editor. Boston-based Five-Way Foods manufactures premium beef, chicken, and fish bone broths, in addition to a vegetable option, using locally sourced bones, vegetables, and herbs. The broths are slow-simmered for hours in order to extract vitamins and minerals. The humble bone broth has seen a resurgence in popularity, due in part to consumer interest in high-protein, low-carb diets. Bone broths are a fairly good source of protein, containing anywhere from 6 to 12 grams per cup, and combined with other ingredients like vegetables, bone broths may also provide trace amounts of other nutrients such as iron, zinc, and vitamins A and K, to name a few. John Hopkins, founder of Five Way Foods, seized on the bone broth moment about five years ago. The company was on the way to establishing a comfortable niche in retail and food service outlets. But then came the global pandemic, which impacted Hopkins' business and transformed consumer food purchasing behaviors and attitudes about food. This episode of the Meat and Poultry podcast is a profile of five-way foods, why Hopkins started the company, where he thinks it's headed, and how its flagship product reflects his values about community, sustainability, stewardship, and good health. Uh, First, I'd like to welcome you to the Meat and Poultry podcast, and thank you again for taking the time to have a conversation with us. Sure. Um, Can you start by telling me about yourself and uh, what inspired you to create five-way foods and why the focus on bone broths? Sure. So, sure. So, my name is John Hopkins. No relation to the university. Uh, <laughs> started Five Way Foods um, a little over five years ago, and really the a couple inspirations uh, for it. Uh, one, uh, as a home chef, uh, making meals at home. Um, really, uh, when I would make a recipe that had broth in it, um, it always amazed me, you know, the stuff I would buy in the supermarket was stuff that would be on the shelf, you know, shelf stable there for a long time and really not taste good and high in salt and very little nutritional value. And so I I started making it at uh, my own at home. And as I um, honed my culinary skills, you know, in, in getting more sophisticated and getting better cuts of meat and all of that, it kind of then turned to my thinking like, well, why am I getting, you know, um, a great piece of meat, uh, you know, locally sourced vegetables and other things, and then taking a carton of broth that's probably been in my cabinet for weeks or months and pouring it, you know, into that dish. So um, if the recipe called for it. So that was one of the inspirations um, behind the company. And then cooking at home for uh, my youngest son had food allergies. Um, and when he was um, started eating uh, whole uh, food and we discovered that. And so that kind of also changed our um, family cooking habits. And how are bone broths relevant uh, to current dietary trends? And um, how are they different or better alternatives to the like protein powders? I mean, I realize that's not 
necessarily the area that you're getting into, but um, for example, I like to cycle. And so I get a lot of, um, you know, I read a lot of media talking about the benefits of collagen and the benefits of protein powders, but also the benefits of having bone broths. Can you talk about um, how bone broths are fitting into what consumers are trying today? Yeah, it's a good question. So the um, well, bone broth is really an ancient um, food. Um, it's been around for you know, centuries of people, you know, with scarcity would take uh, bones and, and heat them up and make um, soups and stews and things from it, uh, from them. And in as we've gotten into modern technology, um, by doing that process, when you're slow simmering bones for a long period of time, you're pulling um, nutrients and things from them that um, that you don't get from other sources. You know, one of them is collagen. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely been um, kind of a hot button of late of, of people wanting to have collagen in their diet. Um, it's, it's proven good for your skin health, your digestive system, joint health. There's lots of proven health benefits uh, from both collagen and having bone broth in your diet. So I think from a relative of, of dietary trends, and that's certainly one with, with uh, folks wanting, and that's one of the attractions of our product. There's also a trend of people drinking broth um, for instead of tea or other uh, beverages. So, um, and more of a, having it as like a functional beverage. Um, and then I think from a millennial younger um, folks cooking with broth, um, ramen, we see lots of folks using our product for ramen bowls, faux fo bowls, um, Instapot cooking, so one pot meals. So, and then obviously with the, with COVID, you know, home cooking, you know, just in general of, of trying new things and, and new products. So that's definitely from a, a trend. I think from a powders and kind of alternatives than having it as a, the, getting the nutrients from, from the actual food source, um, you know, like as a supplement uh, from, as a, getting the, nutrients from a supplement source. Um, I just find, you know, I, I personally would just find it having a better to have it from the food source. So eating, you know, eating that uh, bowl of soup made with bone broth uh, would be ultimately hopefully be better for you than having um, a powdered version of it. Um, not to say it's not, I think what we have as customers, I know folks are using our broth with some of these collagen powders yeah, and then making like smoothies from them. So they're using it as a liquid and uh, making something with it, you know, yeah. using, using the, the, the powders with it. How are you, what ways are you differentiating your products from your competitors? So we have one of the main differentiators and that's one of the other reasons I started the company is we're a refrigerated broth. So we're sold and we're not in the center store, we're in the refrigerated section. Um, that allows it to make, you know, just in general to have a, a broth that then could be, tastes very different. Um, and so it, it, it's definitely drinkable uh, from that perspective. And that's different than a lot of our, most of our competitors who are in the center of the store aisle. Um, and I think the other thing that we, you know, that's different from us is that, and you mentioned it with the beef is, you know, I worked originally with a chef and a nutritionist to, to come up with the, the actual recipes. 
And then I took those ideas and recipes and, and went to farmer's markets. And to me, did that was my little beta test period. Um, okay for months actually, um, keeping my regular job and, and going out to farmer's markets on the weekends and, and selling the product and getting feedback from the taste of the product, the ingredients, the packaging, the pricing, uh, all of that. And, and, and also, you know, from that experience, learn that my interest and desire was using it for cooking. And when people would come back uh, you know, the next weekend and, and I would ask them, okay, you bought it you know, last week. What did you do with it? And that's when I learned about this drinking um, mm -hmm. side. You know, I knew of it kind of out there of uh, people, you know, in the press talking about it, but saw it firsthand and, and people using it in so, all sorts of ways that I never envisioned it. Um, so definitely that they enjoyed it, having it um, as a refrigerated product. And I think the other kind of key things that's different with us from the nutrition side is our nutritional panel would be kind of a, a very different one. If you went down the store aisle and looked at some of the brands that are, you know, in the, in the center of the store. So our, our broths are all low in salt. Um, we make them with real ingredients to so real vegetables. We source um, uh, really from the beef broth, we source hundred percent grass fed beef. Uh, we source it from uh, places that do regenerative farming. So it really is a very different product um, than I think a lot of the competition um, uh, is selling. And was it key for you to include grass-fed beef in the beef bone broth? Is there a noticeable, is it about having a noticeable difference in flavor or nutrition content or is that part of the your values as you know a company? A little bit of both. So it definitely gives I, I personally think and, and believe a, a better taste uh, to the product. Um, I you know as a premium broth, we're about you know some of our missions is around whole use of animal. So we you know find that from you know, aligning ourselves with suppliers that kind of believe that same mission of, of having, um, you know, how they treat their animals and, and, and what they do with all the, um, you know, of that cow, you know, making sure it kind of gets all out to market. So there's right. no boost from it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think from, uh, yeah, so definitely 100% definitely gives it a, a, a better taste and uh, makes for a better broth. And so um, we were talking about this um, before we started the interview, but you're also um, offering a fish bone broth. So um, is this the same motivation to offer a fish bone broth and how are people using it? I have an idea, but I'm not sure it's gonna work, but I'd like to hear what, I, what you've heard other people are doing with it. Sure. Well, since I uh, am based in Boston and actually we, our facility is based in New Bedford, and New Bedford, Mass. is one of the largest, if not the largest, um, fishing ports in North America. Okay. So we have access to you know, a tremendous amount of fresh fish. You know, um, so it actually came about back um, how, how I, uh, I never would have thought of fish broth um, personally. It was not something I would cook with. Uh, except, you know, like I would use a clam broth to make like mussels or something like that, or, or uh, clam chowder. And again, coming back from customers saying, 
would you make like a clam chowder or a lobster broth? And as I researched to do that, found it was going to be much more production intensive uh, because it's a shellfish. Okay. And it came to actually um, a friend who uh, uh, owns a small uh, fish processing company here in the Boston area suggested making a fishbone broth and reconnecting with my chef and a friend and said, let's try this. And we came up with um, uh, fish bone broth. And the use is really, I mean, it's, uh, it's actually become one of my favorites. We, with all of our broths, we add herbs. So with the fish bone broth, we add um, uh, ginger and it really kind of gives a, a real kind of uh, flavor, um, interesting flavor to it. That that's that again, it can be drinkable. And it, as people would say, it's not as fishy as they would think. Um, okay, I'm uh, glad so, to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> but it is fish. I mean, the majority of the ingredients are, are fish. And then from a sustainability point of view, what I learned is that, um, you know, we all go into supermarkets and get a fillet of fish as, as American you know, fish has already been filleted. There's not a whole fish there. And what I've learned about the uh, waste of, of after that fish has been filleted, that uh, typically about half or so percent of the fish is still left. Okay. So the, you know, the, uh, I would call the tail to the, to the nose is, is still intact. And unfortunately in that, in that world, um, there's not a lot of food uses for that rest of that fish. So most of the time it's going out to non-food uses uh, or, or uh, compost. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of waste um, with, uh, with fish, the whole carcass of the fish. And I think, you know, we do, a, I think a really um, uh, sustainable use of it of turning it into, you know, that, that fish bones uh, carcass or called racks, fish racks, mm -hmm. and turn that into a very healthy, good for you fish bone broth. You're listening to the Meat and Poultry Podcast with John Hopkins, founder of Five Way Foods. We'll be back after this message. Putting the finishing touches on the March issue of Meat and Poultry magazine, we've got the top performing processors in the meat and poultry industry, the lowdown on bacon processing tech, and a case study of how Seaboard Foods uses the Beekeeper app to stay connected to their frontline workers. Look for these stories and more in the March issue of Meat and Poultry magazine. We continue our conversation with John Hopkins, founder of Five Way Foods, maker of premium bone broths. Hopkins shares the different ways consumers are using the company's products, criteria for choosing suppliers, and what's in the future for Five Way Foods. So I'm glad to hear that it's not as fishy as people would think that it is because I have this crazy idea. I'm personally, am not a fan of clam juice but I am a fan of Bloody Marys. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking about switching out the clam juice to make a bloody Caesar. I think that's what it's called. So I'm, um, stay tuned on that. I'm, I'm well, definitely gonna try it. See the recipe of that. And <laughs> uh, the other, you know, interestingly, again, I, I just love having interactions with customers and learning about their uses. I mean, we have actually a bloody 
Mary recipe on our site, but unfortunately not using, um, it's using the beef uh, broth. Um, but you know, people use the, the, sea, uh, the fish broth for um, seafood stews and uh, marinara sauce. Uh, so there's lots of different um, uh, uses for it. And uh, I, it, it's because you're getting marine collagen, you're also getting all the good stuff from the fish. So you're getting omega-3s and right. all the vitamins and nutrients that you get from uh, seafood. So you have a lot of premium ingredients going into your products. So what are the criteria that you consider when you're looking for suppliers? Yeah, so, yeah, so we definitely um, have, so I 100% believe in transparency. And so we list our suppliers uh, on our website. Um, the, the farms that we work with, the um, seafood providers that we work with, um, and also the, the meat providers that we work with. So as a, the criteria I really look for is, is local, you know, somewhere we could source, you know, within our, our, our local area is really important um, to, to, as a criteria for us, for suppliers. Um, it doesn't have to be organic. Um, I, you know, I'd rather have someone local that has a sustainable mission and treatment of their animals and land, um, I think is really important. Just, it doesn't necessarily have to be organic uh, for that. Um, we also like working with farms that have been practicing or, or, or practicing regenerative farming. So we work with Joyce Farms down in North Carolina. So they're not local, but they have a real good um, uh, care uh, philosophy for their animals and yeah. how they care for their land is, is really important. And do you find that's something that's important to the folks who want are interested in your products that things like animal welfare um, and of course ingredients and things would be important, but d does animal welfare usually come up when you're talking to consumers about your products? Is that important to them? Um, I, I, I think it's important. I think it's probably not in the top, you know, one or two or three. We mm -hmm. do hear folks asking about, you know, how we source and you know, about animal welfare. Um, I wish it was more important because, you know, we're a premium product. We, you know, make extra care to, to find these farms to work with mm -hmm. these folks to do that. Right. But um, it's, yeah, I think for definitely a subset, it's becoming more important. And I think, uh, you know, with, with uh, COVID and, and people cooking more um, and, and wanting to know more about their food and where it comes from, I think it's, it's becoming, um, becoming more important. So how, where do people find your products? You know, what are your main sales channels and what are your plans for growth? So we uh, are sold in retail stores, stores like Whole Foods. Uh, right now we're in mainly in New England. We were, uh, our plan uh, is to expand our, the number of retail stores that carry our product um, this year. Um, we're trying to work our way down the uh, East Coast uh, of, and get into, you know, lots more stores. Uh, so that's our main growth channel is, is retail supermarkets and specialty food stores. Um, we also, you can buy our product online today. Um, you can go to our website and we sell it there. Uh, we also started working with almost like uh, marketplaces. So basically hybrid farmer's markets that's th that have cropped up a lot around here okay. with COVID where they're, you know, you can go online and order, um, especially products that you can't get in the supermarkets and 
these services will deliver them to your home. Awesome. And so how have you managed to stay um, in business through this pandemic? And has, has the pandemic changed the way your company is doing business? It's definitely been a, uh, the most challenging business thing I've ever experienced in, in my career the last uh, uh, 11 months or so. I bet. We, we were doing a lot of food service work um, with selling our products to schools and universities and dining, uh, corporate dining um, halls. And so that pretty much has gone away, unfortunately. Um, we had a concept that we started working with a, a major retailer on for bone broth by the bowl and cup. So we, they were merchandising us in their food bars. And that was really, um, you know, so people can go around and create their own like bowl of, with veggies and meat and, and, and starch and add the broth to it. So it was, it was really popular. Um, but unfortunately there's no more, you know, com uh, common food bar area open right now. Right. Uh, so it's, it's definitely been um, a, a challenging year to, pivot the business and, and, and you know, continue the growth. So we've um, definitely have, have gotten a significant increase in our, on our own website sales. Okay. Um, that's definitely been um, a, a bright spot. And as the, as I mentioned earlier, these, these grocery delivery services mm -hmm. that are, you know, basically, you know, you can order online and, and get your, your groceries delivered to your home. Um, that's been a, um, we were doing a little bit of that prior to COVID uh, with a few of these services, but it's definitely ex um, exploded uh, in the last year. And so what have you learned about yourself um, as a business person during these last 10, 12 months or so? And what are your goals for the company this year and into 2022? So I think, uh, uh, I'm a positive person, and I think that was definitely an attribute that this, uh, you know, this this period of time um, has been extremely helpful. Uh, I think the for me solving business problems that I, I never imagined that we would have. Um, you know, we 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 closed down for for a period of time um, to to ramp up our uh, health and safety. Uh, procedures for our employees um so that was a kind of a whole new thing and just you know keeping social distance and you know all that in the workplace so there's a lot of you know behind the scenes um stuff that we had to do for for making our facility safe and uh for all of our workers so lot so lots of um i would call creative problem solving um <laughs> the, the the mantra um staying positive and I think, you know, we also have done some things to support our community. Um, we've had folks reach out to us to help um, with different things that we needed. We've, we've um, helped with donations and, and um, services to, to other members of our community. So that's definitely been, I think you really see that has happened a lot um, in the last year. Um, so it's definitely been, uh, you know, definitely helped uh, build resiliency. I, I think that's the right word of, of the last uh, uh, 10 months. Uh, so in terms of the rest of the year, what our, our goal really is to continue expanding our uh, retail uh, food ex, um, 
stores to, to, to carry more of our uh, for stores to carry more of our products. So we want to uh, go up to uh, you know four or five hundred stores this year um, to, to get uh, selling our products. Mm-hmm. Our, our, that's one. And then the other uh, key thing is from customers contacting us and, and what we found is interest in, you know, not only do they want broth and a great healthy product, but they want help in how to use it. So recipes, nutritional information, okay. how to make it part of their diet. So we've uh, recently launched a, what we're calling a chef's wellness kit. So we've teamed up with a, a local um, James Beard nominated chef. Um, so she's providing uh, recipe ideas and that, so you get a, um, the broth, um, the recipe ideas. And so that's definitely something we're working on. Um, so we want to build more of our direct-to-consumer um, business um, okay. over the course of the year. Okay. And what about product innovations? Um, are you just going to stick with the broth or are you coming up with different recipes for different products? Uh, for this year, we're going to stick with the, the four bone broths that we have, all well, three bone broths and a veggie broth. We're not we, we had plans to, to look at adding a kelp broth. Hmm. Um, that was something that we were, that we had started to look at last year uh, for mm-hmm. interest. But uh, given the market and all the changes, uh, we've decided to, to put that on the back burner um, and not, uh, not come out with any new products this year. That's the show for this week. Tune in next week for another episode of the Meat and Poultry Podcast. You can find the Meat and Poultry Podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen to your favorite programs. While you're there, give us a like and subscribe as it helps to support the channel. And be sure to stay social with us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram by searching at Meat Poultry. I'm Erica Schaefer. Thanks for listening.